You're listening to Meeting Pod, the podcast powered by Meeting Place, the premier magazine and news source for the meat and poultry processing industry, and Alt Meat Magazine, the only business information resource for the exploding alternative meat industry. Support for this podcast comes from Botter. Hi, I'm Julie Larson Brisher, Science and Technology Editor for Meeting Place Magazine. Welcome to Episode 21 of Meeting Pod, where we're talking poultry, sustainability, and animal welfare initiatives with Ryan Bennett, Executive Director of the U.S. Roundtable for Sustainable Poultry and Eggs and the International Poultry Welfare Alliance. Ryan leads both U.S. RSPE and IPWA's collaborative process of addressing and advancing issues related to animal welfare and sustainability in the poultry and egg industries. The organizations work to advance, support, and communicate continuous improvement in these areas through leadership, innovation, multi-stakeholder engagement, and collaboration. As executive director of both groups, Ryan connects diverse stakeholders and leaders within the poultry and egg value chain, building membership among constituency groups, including production and processing, retail and food service, allied industry, and research and civil society. In April, U.S. RSPE announced they are in the final stages of development of the first-ever multi-stakeholder poultry and egg supply chain sustainability reporting framework for the full U.S. supply chains for chicken, turkey, and eggs, from producer to final consumer. It is a voluntary assessment designed to equip the entire value chain to better communicate with its stakeholders about the overall sustainability of U.S. poultry and create a clearer picture of how these products are produced. Three full U.S. supply chain pilots for broilers, eggs, and turkeys have been completed with input from leading companies such as Butterball, Cargill, McDonald's, Sanderson Farms, Tyson, and West Liberty Foods. The pilot companies tested the framework's metrics to ensure they were effective and could be implemented ahead of the anticipated full launch to the industry early next year. Welcome to Meeting Pod, Ryan. I'm delighted to have you as a guest on the podcast today, and I'm really looking forward to learning more about the Roundtable's latest work in the area of poultry sustainability. Thanks for having me, Julie. The Roundtable was formed to bring the entire supply chain together to more effectively find solutions, opportunities, and work together to address challenges related to sustainability. So the U.S. Roundtable for Sustainable Poultry and Eggs is really committed to executing projects through leadership, collaboration, and innovation that develop solutions for our three pillars of being environmentally sound, socially responsible, and economically viable. So we set up the Roundtable to be a little different, and you can see that in our multi-stakeholder structure. So those raising the birds are working side by side with their supply chain processors and environmental groups who have specific expertise in sustainability program. And this dynamic allows the U.S. Roundtable for Sustainable Poultry and Eggs Sustainability Framework to be meaningful to the people implementing it, as well as relevant to those who want to know more about how their food is being produced. So the framework is just one way that we're executing our mission. It's really only the beginning, but it will help give us a package of things that we're already really doing well and also help us figure out where we can do better. 
Well, that's great. Well, you know, back in 2018, when you took that role of the executive director, you were quoted as saying in a press release that the poultry and egg value chain have an amazing animal care and sustainability story to share with the world. So can you give us a little more background on the organization's mission and those kind of activities and telling that amazing story? Because like you just said, the framework is just the latest activity that you guys have completed some work on. Yeah. So when you look at the U.S. Roundtable for Sustainable Poultry and Eggs, there hadn't been anything that really brought the supply chain together into one group to work on things. There was a lot of information ad hoc placed you know, kind of in silos all over the place. And what we're really trying to do is bring the supply chain together to work on things in a consistent manner, to package all those great things that we're doing to be able to better tell our story. And at the same time, allow us to figure out, like I said before, where we can do better. And so we really do have a lot of things that I think the average consumer or even others involved in the supply chain don't know about, whether it be at, you know, the breeder level, the grower level, the processor level, retail and food service, there's a lot of great things going on, but there's nothing that really brings that all together. So we set up a multi-stakeholder alliance that brings together that full supply chain, including NGOs, suppliers, and trade associations, as well as all the companies involved in actually producing that food, and came up with something that could help us report on that to both tell our story and figure out where we need to spend more time making progress. Well, let's get right into talking about this first ever poultry and egg supply chain sustainability reporting framework that was just introduced in April. How did that come about? You know, who's involved and how does it work? Yeah, so I think we have over 30 committee members and those committee members are made up of the entire supply chain, just like our organization is. So individuals from those farms, companies, associations, et cetera, work together to put together the framework. And so that framework committee, you know, started out with getting, first of all, a definition of sustainability, and then coming up with our pillars of people, planet, and poultry. And then they reached the point that they needed their metrics or measurement to match the actual supply chains that they were trying to report on. And so each species has their own subcommittee led by one or two people for broilers, turkeys, as well as eggs. And then they'll come back together on a monthly basis and talk about how to align where they can align and where to remain unique, where supply chain is just unique for that particular bird. So as we had announced, you know, we took it even further to gain input from companies of varying sizes and businesses to refine it by doing our pilot. And we did eight full supply chain pilots from beginning to end. And we're currently looking at that information and assessing where we need to do better, where we need more clarity, et cetera, et cetera. And then the next step will be, you know, even more input. And we're going to do that through a public comment period later this summer to allow everyone, even those who haven't joined the roundtable, to have an opportunity to see the framework to give us any concerns or ways that we can make it better or easier to implement. And, you know, we really want the the framework to be an asset to everyone, not just for our members, but for stakeholders of all kinds involved with the poultry and egg supply chain. What do you think are the biggest benefits to the poultry supply chain stakeholders who adopt and utilize this sustainability reporting framework? 
So I think the biggest benefits would be the framework metrics will allow organizations to provide transparent reporting on their sustainability and build plans to improve and do that in a consistent way throughout all those member organizations. We don't currently really have a way to talk to customers in a way with, you know, that they engage with U.S. poultry products. And so with the participation of poultry companies, we'll be able to let them know how all U.S. poultry is doing in the areas they care about at the consumer level and provide transparency into how it is progressing towards targets. We're also offering individual reports to help companies, you know, regardless of where they're at on their sustainability journey. We have companies that really are just, you know, that have been doing this for 10 years. They have full, you know, teams of people working on this. But we also have people that are really just looking, you know, how do I get started? And so we're really looking to help those folks get started in a way that they feel supported and understand where they should focus to get off the ground. Our conversation today continues in just a moment after a word from our sponsor, Botter. Running at 70 birds per minute, the new Botter Breasty Boner 661 is specifically designed for the U.S. market to be a direct replacement for the industry standard dual manual deboning lines. The machine saves skilled labor by automating complex cutting and scoring processes while keeping you directly in control of the quality and yield through manual harvesting of the fillets and tenders. Realize the intelligent combination of man and machine. Contact your Botter representative to schedule a demonstration at poultry-us at botter.com. And now, back to this week's Meeting Pod interview. So it's applicable to organizations that would be more mid-sized. I know that I I read out the inclusions of sort of the major companies, but there were several smaller companies that participated in these pilots, I think. So would you go so far as to say it's just as valuable if you're a smaller operation, then you don't have to be, you know, a big, huge multinational? I would agree with that statement and just say that the framework really has provides value to a company of any size. And so if you're, you know, already in this space and really achieving at a high level, our job is to advance sustainability no matter where you're at. So we're trying to meet people where they are and still give them opportunities for improvement. So we have metrics broken it down into tier one, tier two, and tier three, and we kind of those tier one metrics will help you get a good idea of where you need to get started. Just do these metrics that are kind of core to the sustainability mission and then start building onto that with tier two and tier three. And so some companies, you know, I think we've got something for everyone in this framework, no matter where you're at. And really, whether you're a large company that feels like you're achieving or your sustainability performance is at an extremely high level, or whether you're just trying to figure out where the heck to start. I think we've really built something that can meet you where you are and give you the comfort and knowing kind of a a good idea or a roadmap of where you need to go next. Well, so what's the feedback been so far from the companies who've been conducting these supply chain pilots? So the pilot testing was very positive. We challenged them to provide us with tough feedback, and we received great insights to making it easier to use and more beneficial. There were some recommendations for refinements, but, you know, ones that were welcome, you know, improvements that we think 
you know, will ultimately help the framework in the end. And we're currently going through those now and assessing how to bring back, you know, some of that feedback was very pointed. Some of it was general. So figuring out how to address those. Some of those things are things that we could address right now. Some of those things might be things that we address a little longer term. But, you know, we're extremely excited about the feedback that we've received overall. It was extremely positive. And we're even more excited about moving into the next phase, which comes after, you know, this refinement period after the pilot, which is a public comment period, which I think we'll also get some really good information there from some people that might not be in the membership at the roundtable at the moment. What would you say is the strongest feedback that you received? Like, I guess I'm trying to ask, is the framework have some real strengths to it that people responded to and found extremely useful? Yeah, they definitely found a lot of things that were extremely useful. And I think people were impressed with really how on target or material we were to their jobs actually day to day within, you know, their companies. I think, you know, the biggest thing that I got out of this is how to communicate the framework and how to allow people to process it in different ways, depending on your job within the company, your knowledge of sustainability programs. And so I really, you know, there are definitely some technical things that, you know, we needed to tweak, but I think Overall, I think you're starting to see questions about, well, where are we going with implementation for this? And so it becomes an implementation and communications function. So you're starting to see it move from that development phase into an implementation phase. And so some of the questions that are being asked is really just people looking forward to what's next. And, you know, obviously we have plans to work on all of those things. Some of those things are not directly, you know, related to the framework itself in terms of how we're asking the questions. So it's really a neat time where we're kind of moving out of development phase. I mean, we're still obviously going through the revision process now with the pilots and we'll do that with the public comment period, but people are starting to really get excited and look ahead for next year of what this is actually going to look like when we have a system up and running where companies can report this use it in a very well-packaged way for their own purposes, but also allow us as an organization to have some aggregate level, you know, obviously maintaining privacy for those companies that are reporting, but have some aggregate level data to show how the industry and the supply chain as a whole is moving forward in sustainability. So it's really a lot of like, you know, excitement towards what's next rather than necessarily things that are related specifically to how the framework questions are asked. It sounds like you've got quite a bit in that pipeline, you know, of U.S. RSPE's activities in terms of launching that framework. But do you have any other activities that are in the pipeline for helping poultry operations, you know, achieve some level of continuous improvement in sustainability in that value chain? Yeah, so stay tuned for some of that. But, you know, we do have the remainder of the year that we're going to be going through the public comment period, as I mentioned, you know, we're still growing. So we're getting a lot of members coming in. We're actively engaging with the United Nations Food Systems Summit going on throughout this year where there's a, you know, some really key influential leaders engaging in that discussion. And we're going to be a part of that. And like I mentioned before, the frameworks itself is a huge asset to be able to deliver. 
But really what's exciting is what that allows us to do. So we didn't come here just to measure sustainability. We came here to be able to measure and advance sustainability. So I think what we'll find is that we're doing really well in a lot of areas. And even in some of those areas, we'll want to do better. And so what that will allow our organization to do is to use the data coming in to focus our efforts on where we can all work together to improve those metrics on any one specific area. And so all of a sudden, you know, then we're going from measurement into actual that actual continuous improvement phase, like you mentioned. And whether that be pilots or research or innovation, those are all things that really the framework allows us to get to. And so that's really when the fun starts is we're going to use the data to drive us towards where we need to focus. But the fun stuff really begins after we know where to focus. And that's where we really dig in and start figuring out, you know, answers to questions, working on things in a pre-competitive manner that can improve animal welfare and sustainability throughout the entire value chain. And we're just using the framework as a means to get us there. And so I'm super excited about what comes next. And I really think that you know, this multi-stakeholder structure that we have is going to allow us to do a lot of super interesting things that can hopefully break open a few areas and allow us to tell some even more amazing stories than we already have on the book. Well, it really does sound quite groundbreaking for you guys at this stage in the organization's growth arc. But I want to thank you, Ryan, for taking the time to share your insights with us today on Meeting Pod. And listeners, you can get more details about the framework, events, resources, and membership with the U.S. Roundtable for Sustainability Poultry and Eggs at us-rspe.org. For articles and insights into sustainability, transparency, and animal welfare initiatives, and strategies for the meat and poultry industry, visit meetingplace.com, where you'll find our daily news, technical articles, podcasts, and digital magazine archives. Thanks again, Ryan. I look forward to seeing widespread adoption of the sustainability reporting framework, and I hope you'll chat with us again and give us an update later in the year. Thanks, Julia. I'd love to do it. Just let me know anytime. And thanks also to Botter for sponsoring today's podcast. Thanks for spending time with Meeting Pod today. Remember to tune in on Mondays and get the inside track on the people and processes that power the protein supply. Be sure to subscribe to Meeting Pod on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow Meeting Place and Altmate magazines on social media or visit our websites at meetingplace.com and alt-meet.net.